What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast, powered by our friends over at X2 Power Batteries. As always, I'm your host, Bailey Eichbra, and joined with me is the captain, Mr. Andy Full. What's going on, buddy? Oh, you know, just living the dream another day. That's why you say that every single show, every single one. Got to have an opening line. I don't live that corporate life, so, you know, it's nice. (laughs) <laughs> gotta have that opening line <laughs> no One of these no. days it's like this day sucks yeah today sucks no <laughs> no today did kind of suck though as we're recording oh, this because i didn't go fishing for the first time in like 10 oh, days boo freaking who yeah but that's about it like I have everyone listening wants to, wants to punch you in the face right <laughs> yeah when everyone's listening to this i will be on the water so I will be fishing all right for everyone that's listening or watching on youtube send andy a hateful dm uh, if you're if you're not fishing, if you're fishing, I'm sure you're not sending. There's to nothing worse than my Apple Watch and phone blowing up while I'm on the water because oh, I am inclined to look at it. <laughs> you poor thing! <laughs> I can't wait to do that to your entire tournament on Saturday. I'm just going to turn my phone off. <laughs> you you can t- turn the alerts off on your watch. They are, but it's like as it comes up and like cast and bring my arm up and stuff. Like I still see it. Sounds like you need to take your watch off while you're fishing. Better. It, bur- it counts my calories, so I can prove to Amanda that fishing is a real sport. Oh my gosh! You didn't <laughs> <interested>. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fact that you just said, "I'm going to put you in podcast timeout here." <laughs> so what's up with you, man? Like, how's your Dude, <laughs> just uh, back back grinding? Uh, looking forward to. I was going to try to get out fishing for a little bit tomorrow afternoon. Uh, if I got my bunch of my work done, but uh, it looks like it's going to blow tomorrow. So I was like, eh, I guess I'll just get some editing done. But uh, I'm going to get up early on Saturday, actually, and go fishing. Mr. Greg Blanchard, who came back from, from California, for folks who don't know Greg Blanchard. He's a big kayak YouTube guy, as my door magic goes. He's like, who's talking in here? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Greg actually grew up in this area. So um, Greg's coming back. We're going to do... Go film a nice episode on the water. Go fishing on Saturday. So that should be fun. Um, but beyond that, man, I am headed to Alabama next week. A little X2 shindig going on next week. So uh, Andy's going to be flying solo for next Tuesday night live. So you guys will not have me for that. But we're going to have Louis Minetti. Louis Minetti on that show. Who won the college bracket. Who's going to the classic. Nice. nice. Yeah, that's going to be freaking cool. And uh, speaking of our guest today is going to the classic next year he's a a fellow x2 pro well we're not pros a fellow x2 team member we should yeah. say because he's the pro we're just yeah. some two jabronis sitting on a screen <laughs> talking trying to talk fishing you know i bet he's really excited for that classic i i bet he is too and it'd be I mean, this is actually kind of fitting because today we're going to talk about a technique that i love and i know for a fact that i'm only on the 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 bottom of the learning curve in trying to get better with this technique uh, but this guy's the master of it. He's you know proclaimed you know on Bassmaster Live from Zona and them saying probably the best on the Bassmaster Elite Series at this technique. And we're talking about uh, what some call moping, but also just simply trying to use a Damiki rig to catch a fish. Uh, and it's one that uh, I've been really diving in the past couple of years because you know with this show we work with Queen Tackles. So they have that new live sonar jig head, and that thing's pretty cool. And seeing how the tungsten versus some of the lead heads are different with forward-facing sonar, how they, they show up, and how you can kind of get that more smaller, compact jig head. But uh, we're going to really dive into this 
with Jeff here today because who better to dive into this technique? And uh, and before that starts, Andy, anything else the folks need to know? Any any days coming up that they can get out and go go fishing for smallmouth or largemouth? Or, as we or, or, or steelhead because I said season two. But uh, no, next week I have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning. Um, I think I have the 17th and that is it in October for openings. So pretty, pretty booked up here in October, November. There are a lot of days. Um, I just have a feeling I'm going to be transitioning into steelhead mode come November because I'm starting to get a lot of inquiries for that. So we don't know how many bass days we will be doing, but, um, I think I have like 10 or 15 days open in November. I just don't know the exact ones. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, one last thing for the folks, and we're going to bring uh, Jeff on here. Mr. Jeff Gustafson is we, uh, if you guys have not already, check out our new show on the Serious Angler Podcast Network called The Lure Lab. Uh, the Demeke Rig is actually going to be one of our shows coming up here in the next couple months. Um, and it's going to be one where, it's, again, it's once a week where we just really dive into one bait or technique for 15, 20 minutes and kind of give you guys all the nuggets, the who, what, where, when, why's of that bait. Whereas today's episode, obviously, with Gussie, we are going to be just talking about how a pro and how the master of this craft utilizes it, positions it, on uh, how you position on fish when you use this technique, how to be effective with it, some of the small nuances. And uh, Andy, I think without further ado, if, he, if, he's, uh, if he's tinkering still, he's, like, <laughs> oh, he's getting ready for a big trip here, but let's bring him on. <laughs> Mr. Jeff Gustafson, what's going on, dude? Yeah, no, I'm done with the big trips for a little bit, but uh, yeah, I'm going out. I'm going. We got one more tournament left uh, this Saturday uh, coming up here in a couple days, so uh, just getting getting geared up a little bit for that. I, I'm looking at rods. Everything was just like I was out a couple days ago, and I piled uh, about ten rods all together, and they were so twisted up and tangled. And <laughs> I see like three of them have leaders like that long. They need new leaders. And, yeah, I was just away. <laughs> Don't you love how rods in line, like you can set them down so perfectly and all twisted up and they will still all tangle with each other for no reason. Yeah, unless Brian left. And then like, <laughs> it looks like Brian New has like learned from them pretty good too because they can like have all their rods, the real, the, the, the handles are all in the exact same position all the time and they just lay them all like perfect. But yeah, my stuff's never... No. Um, never that nice i think that that was so when the first tournament uh obviously the one that knew won. i think that's literally what they said on live because they like shot to him like on camera i think day three and it was just like rod stacked it looked like they mimic it mimicked it next to thrifts and it's like yeah i wonder where he learned that from <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, so dude hey, we had dude congrats on all your winning in the kayak game like pretty impressive Oh, th- thank you, buddy. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's not. You a- don't need to make his head any bigger, okay? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I don't care, uh, you know what? If it's a five boat tournament or whatever it is, kind of tournament it is, I mean, it's hard to. It's always hard to win. So and and just to do well. So yeah, you've been you've been doing awesome. I follow it and uh, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it, buddy. I've been. Uh, we talked a little bit offline here, but uh, my boss, who's a friend of ours. Mr. Ryan Chuckle, who uh, I'll have to tell him to listen to this one because we're probably going to make fun of him here for a little bit. That but, short uh, guy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
We uh, some people have been teasing him, saying that uh, I'm gonna gonna quit my job, go chase the, the kayak tournament thing <laughs> for that reason. But uh, it's fun to razz him about that, about the fishing side. So hey, I got a funny story. Like we'll, we'll just get it on air right now. So I guided for whitetails for for uh, I don't know, twelve years or so. We had really you know, uh, world-class whitetail hunting around Lake of the Woods. And yeah. in 2005, him and his buddy Hans came up here. They were the first two guys that I'd ever guided. A mutual friend, uh, John Janicek from Minnesota, hooked us up. And uh, they came up here. And, like, I was very green. Um, but, like, there there were so many deer around. Like, it, it was, you know, it, we saw a bunch of deer. And anyway... Ryan shot the biggest buck that I've ever probably had my hands on, like real live, you know, gross, like in the one nineties. And this is actually a shed from it that we found the following spring. So it was two years old when we found this, but that was the deer that he, you know, was from the same deer. And like, look at all the junk on there. Pickers everywhere. Yeah. I think it was like 16 or 18 points. He's got it in his basement, but, um, it was, he, it was very lucky. Like it just came out on a ridge kind of chasing a doe and uh, the way it all happened, but it was so awesome. And uh, we had like a good party that night. I don't remember. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> time, but, um, so that they came up a few times after that. And, um, you know, we've been pretty good pals ever since. And it's, he's done uh, very well for himself too, for, um, you know, being a guy that is a pretty mediocre fisherman and hunter, and um, <laughs> man, oh, I love it. I'm surprised he doesn't talk about that deer every other day. <laughs> yeah, I uh, but no, uh, it was a big, it was a big one, and yeah, that's. I just when you know when we were talking about him earlier, I'm like, I just had to sit in here and I had to show everybody. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'll have to, uh, I'll have to bring that up to him. Uh, the next time I chat with him, but uh, yeah, it's it's always fun to watch you two razz each other when you see you guys in person. So, uh, <laughs> but dude, so really fast, we had Carl Jacobson on Tuesday night for a show, and he mentioned yeah. that you guys are fishing a tournament. You're going with them to uh, the land down under to to fish a derb. Yeah, um, yeah, like crazy opportunity. Um, so I I listen to all your shows, but I usually listen to them when I'm pre-fishing and I'm by myself. You know, for the elite events. Um, we, we don't have anyone in the boat with us. So that's right. usually when I listen to podcasts or, you know, some of the long road trips, but I'm going to listen to it tomorrow. Um, but I knew that he'd been on with you guys and uh, yeah, we got uh, a, one of the tournament circuits that he fished before he came over here. Um, they're kind of helping us out to get us over there and um, they're going to line up a boat for us to use. And um, basically they're making it, fairly easy for us to to go over there and do it uh but we're gonna fish three stages and he might have explained this probably better than i can i'm sure he knows what he's talking about a little more but um three stages of their circuit and it's over like a nine day period and it sounds like it's real back country uh we're gonna be everyone kind of camps out together uh so yeah i'm super excited it's gonna be fun we're catching barramundi so uh they get they're kind of like have some tendencies like bass if you're fishing around standing timber it looks like uh it's fresh water but uh they get big like 30 to 100 pounds maybe even bigger i don't know but they're big and like carl just said it's so fun and but they're like really hard to land and uh 
I wonder you if they'll eat a spook. In the boat, kind of like what they do with muskies, and and then you oh, can let it go. But yeah, I'm super excited. It'll be just like really cool to get the Australia experience with Carl. He's one of my best friends that I've made fishing, so we get along pretty good and always have fun together. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, I'm fired up for it. My wife Shelby's coming too. So while we're doing that, uh, Kayla and Shelby are gonna. They've got a pretty sweet place to stay. It sounds like, and then we're gonna Shelbs and I are gonna do a. I don't know, another 10 days there or so of, of uh, Touristville and Great Bear. So, yeah, I'm, well, I'm excited. Yeah. That's, are you going to be the only one not from Australia in that tournament? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, probably. <laughs> You're going to come back to the state sound like Carl for next year in the tournament. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Oh, that's the other thing too. It's I'm married, so I can't really like. But if I wasn't, I'd be like, all the girls like the way Carl talks. So. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Take notes, boys. I Go for spare money for a year. Like, that's how we got Kayla. I think was um, she liked his accent. So that's the only thing he had going for him, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, I know, I'm excited for it. We're gonna have a good time. Awesome. Yeah. Heck yeah, dude! I'm excited to see some clips from that because you mentioned you guys will be filming a little bit and. That'd oh be, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I'll have one GoPro with me, and he'll have like seven problems. Yeah. Uh, and you'll forget to turn yours on. Yeah, <laughs> he'll cover it for me. Yes, right. <laughs> Slide oh, awesome. Heck yeah! Well, uh, looking forward to that, dude. And uh, we'll start getting into what we're what we're going to talk about today. Some uh, some Demiki rigging, some moping, as people call it. Yeah. Um, I think one thing I want to talk about is a lot of people associate this technique with specifically just cold water or the winter, the cold, like the colder months um, yeah. where I, I, I feel like, and I want to get your opinion here is that this is one where you can catch them on it all times of the year. It didn't have to be just cold weather. I think like, I think as long as fish are like kind of looking up and, and looking for bait, bait fish, whether it's, you know, up where, where I live, it's smelt and, and Cisco's. Um, but whether it's shad alewives um i mean just about everywhere bass eat minnows and uh if they're if they're doing that i mean obviously when they're up spawning up shallow it's 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 a open water deeper water technique but um but man i mean over the last year by far i caught put more fish in the boat on the elite series this this year than um on that bait like you know, the jerk shad on a jig head than anything yeah. else, like, like by far. Um, like I almost don't even want to like talk about all the places where I caught fish on it. But I mean, at the classic, I didn't, I didn't do awesome at the classic caught lots of fish. Like I, I, I have a pretty good history at Hartwell. It just didn't, didn't, didn't catch the big ones. Uh, but I caught, that's pretty much what I was doing there. Um, Pickwick, I, I was catching them on ledge fishing, doing that. Like, other guys were fishing some of these spots and like never couldn't get a bite. And like, I was catching them pretty good. Uh, Damn, Lake Fork, I caught a few doing it. Uh, <laughs> You're throwing it at Fork? <laughs> yeah. Standing timber watching it go down on like a Yeah, dude. It was, yeah, it was like, <laughs> I was cracking them on it. And then uh, like Lake Ontario, I caught some on it. Uh, Oahe, obviously, I was catching some on it. So it, it was a good. Uh, you know, I'm sure there was a couple other times. Like, I always have it rigged up. The one tournament where I didn't use it was at Chickamauga. And I kind of was fishing shallow there. But um, watching it after, um, Massa or Daisuke, one of the Japanese guys, 
made the top five and like that's what he was kind of just reeling a jig oh. a jerk shot on a jig head around on some of those main lake bars and stuff and i was like yeah i, was, I think it was dice k i think it was dice k that was doing yeah. it. you're like dang yeah. it that one time i don't throw it <laughs> yeah I, I like and i kind of had a spot or two where i think that would have worked pretty good but yeah you you know you just keep learning as you go but um, but it's a technique that's, you know, it's no secret around Lake of the Woods and Rainy Lake where I live. Uh, it's been like 20, you know, pushing 20 years since 03, 04 that um, it's been a pretty, pretty well-used technique in a lot of our tournaments from like, you know, July, mid-July through the fall. And and now, you know, a lot of our smallmouths are deeper setting up on their places where they're going to spend the winter and they're eating minnows and bait and it's, you know it's it's the way to catch uh catch them now that's what sort of everyone's doing so i have a like a pretty long background of of um of using the technique and um and learned from some of the you know some of the best guys that that do it there was uh jim and bill linder um from minnesota they they won a tournament on rainy lake a big tournament that we have the fort francis canadian bass championships a couple two years in a row and that's kind of how they were catching them and then they they sort of spilled the beans on it on their angling edge show. And, um, and then as, as we went along, you know, some of the, some of the really good tournament guys up here got good at it. And it's, uh, you know, so when, when I, you know, got the opportunity last year at at the Tennessee river to do it, it was sort of the first time in like eight or nine, 10 years, however long I've been fishing where I, uh, I got to use it in a tournament and it, where it was like the deal and right. it, it was sure felt awesome. I mean, it was, uh, there was other guys fishing around me that, and they, they were not catching them. Um, it was just the, the right program that particular weekend. And, um, so I got pretty lucky, but now with, um, you know, one of the things I've said to people over the past year, like now if everyone has forward sonar, um, it's, it's just a technique that you're going to see a lot more tournaments get one with over the next in the next few years on a on a variety of water bodies for small mouth spots large mouths um you know it's a it's a pretty deadly technique yeah i, I feel like some folks have been trying to do that with the same concept with a, like a drop shot whereas with one small little jig head is i mean you're pretty much gonna damn near have 100 percent hook land ratio if you don't it's have just about, yeah like i usually use a, a unless it's like gin clear water and like the fish are really hard to catch. I mean, I usually use a 12 pound leader, especially in the elite events. Cause I want to be able to boat flip them. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've got some of my jigs and stuff that I use and yeah. I'll, I'll just talk about, uh, about the jigs and the hooks. Cause that's all important. Um, yeah. but I don't, it, it, I usually use heavier tackle than you would think. Um, just so I don't have to baby them. I mean, you can reel them in and get them in the boat, right? Like, yeah yeah that was gonna be one of my questions so, so like the, you said you've been using it around the country from the from the elite series this past year and like from a Hartwell to like a lake fork which is timber everywhere is the setup the same or did you kind of well, pretty much eat, really okay yeah like at Hartwell I was using a 10 8 or 10 pound liter like those fish were a little harder to catch and and you know very clear water in the in the you know, mid part of the lake down, especially like at the classic, it was, it, it, it didn't rain really a whole lot. It was, the lake was really clear, but at fork, I think I was using a, tw- you know, a 12 pound liter. Um, and that's, I mean, you can kind of muscle them as, as much as that hook will allow you to with 12. Right. 
you know, so you can't, there's no like, there's no uh, benefit to really going heavier than that because you're, you know, then you're just at that point, you're just going to open up the hooks and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, 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 it's crazy how good. So that's the smeltinator jig head that I've used forever. A buddy Mm -hmm. of mine, Brian Gustafson makes that jig and sells it through his Lake of the Woods sports headquarters store and, and, you know, really good head, you know, really lifelike design. Um, good caller, but the most important part for me, it's got a Gamagatsu, um, that's a 604. So kind of the heavier gauge, uh, wire yeah. and it's a really good strong hook. And that's the one I've used for, you know, seven or eight years. Um, Northland tackle, good sponsor that I have. They've got one. They had this jig actually, you know, 15, 20 years ago, this mimic minnow jig. And it was the first one that we used. And then it kind of went away and they brought it back now with a Gamagatsu hook as well. So that one's got a two odd hook in it. Um, so really nice for like the four inch jerk shads and some of the smaller swim baits, you know, the 2.8, 3.3, 3.8. Is smaller hook better? Like what do you, what do you take? Just, just, it, it all depends on the bait that you're using. You know, at, at, at Lake Fork, I'm using a five and six inch bait. So then I'm using going up to a three or four odd hook, but um you know, that's the, the bait that everyone uses is a, the, scented. yeah, the Elaztec, uh, Z-Man jerk shads and they are scented. Yeah. It's like a procure, um, kind of scent on them. Yeah. Uh, like we, when I started doing this, you know, back in the day, like a long time ago, we all are, everyone's favorite bait around here was the four inch, um, smelt power minnow. And that was a good one. It's still around. Still, I've got hundreds of them. I hardly ever use them anymore. I, I put them in the boat the other day um, to just, you know, have in case I was getting denied by some. But, but like, <laughs> the Z-Man baits, they, they, they sponsor me. But, like, the main reason why is because I, I love these things so much and, and some of the Ned baits. But, like, um, th- these jerk sheds, so it's the stretchy, super tough plastic. So you can glue this onto one of these jigs. And unless uh, – Pike bites it off. You don't really get snagged with them a ton because I, you know, you don't really want to let them the bottom. So you can you can put this thing on this jig and a dab or two of glue, super glue, and that's going to stay on there for you know you can catch a hundred fish on that thing. It's incredible. And then also, um, you know, if you get a bite and you set the hook or check set, and you know your bait's not going to like fall down the the shank of the hook. So like glue. With any of these, especially the Elastec baits, if you're putting them on a jig head, glue is mandatory, in my opinion. And, um, you know, I always have a couple containers of it in, in the boat. It's it's it uh, it's your friend for sure. But the other thing, and you can keep asking questions, but I want to show people how to rig these up just because yeah. it's it's it takes a little bit of practice if you haven't, you know, played with this stuff before. So, um, you know, I rig up a lot of them, so I'm pretty pretty good with it but you kind of can measure you know where you want the hook to come out and then they the most and this goes for any soft plastic but like the most important thing is you want it to be nice and straight on the on the jig so if it's not straight what happens you're it's going to twirl it's going to twist your line it's not going to look natural and you're not going to catch fish with it so right what i like to do so i get it to that point and then you take the plastic and you just kind of like snap it and you see how it kind of just like slides right in there yeah 
And, uh, and that's, that's it. And then the other thing is constantly kind of like playing with the, the knot, but you want the knot to be Straight nice and down. vertical like that. And that's going to help the jig, you know, sit horizontal and natural in the water. And the, the other thing with the elastic, like it floats. Right. I think that helps the bait, you know, sit natural as well, where, you know, if you have a heavier plastic, the jigs sort of tend to not, not sit as nice, but. Um, Do you super glue the, the knot at all to the jig head so that it keeps that? That's tire, not a bad idea. I don't, I should try that tomorrow. I that's... don't, I just, like I've been tying that three tag end knot and it, uh, San Diego jam, you can kind of see it there. Mm-hmm. And it stays like if you get her nice and tight, I mean, it stays pretty good unless I catch a fish um, or, you know, I'm, I check set or something like it stays where I want it, but I'm just, I check it all the time, but a dab of glue on there probably wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Um, I found that. Cause I think I'm so bad with not names. I've just been doing something for so long. I can, I think I looked it up actually. It was like advanced clinch or something. I think that I do. I can't remember the specific one, but it, it I can tell you what, like, I'll, I'll have it for one drop where it's like right the line, you know, the tie you want and I'll go down, I'll reel back up and then it'll be back to the front. So I said, screw this. And I made it the way I wanted it. And then I just put a dab of glue on. I'm like, Oh, this is actually this is really nice. <laughs> it doesn't leave. But I, I, I wasn't sure if that would like ruin the knot or anything, but I didn't. Yeah. I mean, it. I don't, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't love to play around with, like mess with the knot too much. It probably wouldn't hurt it, but you maybe you would want to watch just because if you, if you retied, you wouldn't. You could get a sharp piece of glue stuck on the eye. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's something to play cool. with when you're pre-fishing a bit. But and yeah. then you know, rod. I'm pretty spoiled getting to use the Luma stuff. But NRX Plus, the seven one. That's the rod that I used last year, and that's sort of my my baby for for this. It's not too long because um, I want to be able to keep. And I mean, with the forward sonar now, you can you got a lot wider area, so you don't need right have the bait as close to the boat but it's just a nice rod for um you know fishing vertical uh and then also you know you can pitch it pitch the bait around and swim it around too i'm kind of catch 50 50 now you know with the forward sonar you can all if i see them out there i just cast it out and just reel it over their heads two or three feet above and a lot of times they just shoot up and grab it and then sometimes you got to kind of get on top of it and just hang that thing there so Fighters calling me. I haven't heard from him in a while. So. <laughs> Surprise guest. <laughs> I was like, oh, my ears. I was like, is that me? I was like, well, yeah, me too. I was like, because normally it's me. I was like, who's calling? <laughs> I was connected to my computer, so it, it was ringing on here, but yeah, oh, you're good. So it should yeah, be you're good. <laughs> if only there was a way to, to stream his call into here, that would have been hilarious. Get a little fighter FaceTime going on. I, I mean, yeah, you never know what you're going to get with him. Yeah, so that's I, very, it's that's very <laughs> He's like, we should probably keep this PG. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you everybody listening, though, that has an iPhone was looking at either their truck or their, their phone thinking they had, they had a phone. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Definitely got us all. So yeah. I just wanted to make sure everyone's awake for this. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Now, now, when it comes to rod, right, yeah. how important is the action of the rod? Do you want something that's, like, more parabolic or something that's, like, extra fast in the tip so when they bite it, like, the, the load of the rod, how important is that when you're I mean, fishing this technique? Yeah, this is kind of a I – would, I would call this a heavier medium action rod. So it's a two-power 
Um, it says extra fast medium. So it does kind of have a bit of a soft tip and, and then, you know, lots of backbone in here, but it's, you know, you don't want to have too soft of a rod, but, and also not too stiff, just sort of a right in know, between general medium spinning rod. I mean, it, you don't have to, I don't think you have to get too, um, techy about it, but I mean, obviously like these NRX rods are very nice, very sensitive, light. I can feel, you know, feel really soft bites really well with it. So I would say it's a technique where you might want to um, have a little bit of a nicer fishing rod than you would for, you know, throwing a, throwing a top water around or something that mm. where you don't ne- necessarily need that really, really high end sensitivity. Um, so the other jig, just while we're, I've got them out, um, this is a, a smeltinator one as well with a little underspin on it. And it's a, it's nice because it's got, it doesn't have a huge gaff hook on it. It's a, got the same gammy hook, um, a kind of a small blade. And, uh, that's been, I've caught a lot of fish on that this year too. And just same deal, putting the same jerk shads on there. Four inch, a lot of the time, five inch, if I'm feeling like I'm going to catch some big ones or if the bait are, are a little bit bigger. Um, some days, even small most like the five inch one better. Some days the four inch one's better. I just, I usually have a couple of different ones rigged up. And so you use the underspin for kind of the same deal. I'll use the underspin, not as much for like the true moping and hanging it under the boat, but for casting it. Um, kind of like tight lining it back to the boat. Yeah, exactly. Just for tight, tight lining casting. Yeah. So if I, you know, want to, want to cover off a flat a little bit, I'm looking for fish on the sonar. Um, it's just a good, good bait to cast around. I think, you know, a little more flash, a little bit more ability to, to call fish from a, a, a you know, maybe a little bit farther away. My feeling on something different. Yeah. That's a juicy little bit. My question is with the underspin, do you like it when the water's ultra clear or if it's got like a little dinge to it to maybe help attract the fish better? Yeah, probably a little dinge and like, like our, our water's clear up here, but not like we don't have zebra mussels really anywhere. Yeah. So it's not like zebra mussel clear. That makes sense. Yeah. Is it like that tannic color, like that oh, tannic yeah. clear? A lot of yeah. the lakes are. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. It's, it's really nice in that, that yeah. stuff for sure. <laughs> That's why Canadians do so well in Florida, Andy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of <laughs> crazy. Like we have a yep. couple of lakes in New York that have like that tannic mossy brown clear water. And it's just like, huh yeah <laughs> they could see it from 100 feet away but they can see in that water way better than uh than you think they can that like where i was kept i was telling you before we got rolling i had i was throwing a flutter spoon around the other night and i i pitched the thing out and it was like i could see a few fish on the bottom in like 27 feet and that spoon wasn't like eight feet down and here they cut they were just like skyrocketing up for it like they could see it from way farther away than than i thought they would that's one thing that has been pretty cool to learn is like we have one lake by us that can get pretty muddied up in the summer from either wind or just the fact that it had, it's like four miles long and it has like 3000 boats on it every day. Yeah. Um, but like one thing that it was cool with forward facing sonar learning is how well these fish can actually see. Cause like what you just, exactly what you just said is like that, you know, that bait hit whatever depth range and they're already shooting up where it's, 30 foot of water and i'm like dang the water is pretty dirty they don't know if they're gonna eat and as soon as it hits the water they're already shooting up and i was like okay never mind i'm wrong so yeah it's it's kind of wild like forward facing like people talk about it but you're learning 
behavior of these fish. Whereas, yeah, you, it's so fun. Like I, um, I didn't get to use it until last year. And like now after using it, like, I don't know. I, I mean, you guys are around ice fishing country a little bit, but like for people down South that don't ice fish, this will mean nothing to you. But <laughs> if you live up North and you ice fish, it would be like, uh like not having it would be like going ice fishing without a flash or some sort of sonar like i would rather sit next to my buddy and watch him fish than than fish if i don't have a flasher to or you know some kind of sonar to watch my bait see if there's fish down there um and uh you know yeah it's like it's almost like i can't believe i caught a fish out deep before yeah <laughs> I, I resonate with that 100 i got it a month ago and i'm like i've already changed completely the way i fish out deep it's wild yeah it's it's crazy. <laughs> more efficient i mean yeah, it's, it's yeah. so much more yeah so w- let me ask you that so with this uh technique i mean you won the tennessee river event with 2d correct yeah yeah are you still using 2D with this or is Ford kind of basically taking it so over? What I've been doing on the front, like I've got all my hummingbirds uh, connected and what I'm doing on the front now, uh, I run my back transducer like on the back of my boat. This is, we're actually, I'm on set up. Oh, I see where this is going. But uh, I run my back transducer up at the front on one of my graphs up there and it's surprising how many small moths will like just show up under the boat at the back. And, uh, um, and like, I just, sneaky yeah, dog. <laughs> just fire something back there and I'm hooked up at Lake Oahe. Oh, they were really doing it a lot. I don't know for anyone that was watching it. Like I was stepping back into the center of the boat quite a bit, like dropping a bait back there. And that's why I was seeing fish um, behind the boat. Yeah. I remember vividly at one point you said, I didn't even see that fish up here. Like, it, cause you, it, it was like right under the surface. Cause it was like sitting, you said it was like sitting right behind the boat. Cause I think you said when you, you cut, you'd hooked it, you said somebody's near you and you said, I never even saw that fish on electronics. And then you moved to the back of the boat and you're like, Oh, it's on 2d back here or something, something along yeah. the lines of that. But yeah, yeah. I, I love that. You said that on my last boat, I had all the ranch units and I always ran down imaging off the back of the boat. So it's like a poor man's 360 so I could see what was going on behind me. I can't tell you how many times I'd be like, oh, there's a smallmouth back there. And I would throw my drop shot literally at the motor and hook one. Sure. Like, it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. I st- I do that on my new boat, too. I run my down imaging on the front. I, the and like the 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 smallmouths, like just their nature, they're pretty inquisitive. And and uh, I think they, they peer your boat and know something's there and they come check it out and then i mean <laughs> i think sometimes they just like the shade too like on yeah. like some days it's just it's weird i um but i that's one thing that i'm like i've just always kind of prepared for um for fish like if i see a fish it could be five feet down under you know in 30 feet of water wherever it could be on the bottom but like if there a fish comes near my boat when i'm fishing it's usually going to be a smallmouth that's what's pretty cool. And you, I remember you saying that on live at Oahe as well is that it's like these fish are so nomadic and they're just chasing all over the place where it's like, they don't see much cover in terms of shade. So they see this random pocket of shade. They're like, Ooh, I'm going to go sit under that oh, thing. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And just magically appear. I, uh, I kind of figured out the last day of practice. Like I could go park on a point or a hump. And like, if there was bass there within 
three or four minutes of pulling up, they would be behind. That would I would be seeing them behind the boat, under the boat. And the first day of the tournament, I mean, I had the five I wanted in like an hour, hour and a half in the morning. I mean, it just was like the dream start, and I thought I was going to win the tournament. And I, on day two and three, they they disappeared off a couple spots. They got really hard to catch on a couple. I, it just I couldn't catch them. It was it just got got tough. And then. You know, I kind of was like, well, I'll go find more. I'll find new spots. I'll find some, I'll just go find, you know, you just got to find like one or two little packs of them and I'll catch what I need to catch. And I, it was just, it got windy and it was just hard to move around and and fish new stuff. But, um, but it was a, it was a fun, fun place to fish. I hope we get to go back there sometime. Yeah. It was, you know, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too long because if we do, Oahe intrigues me and I'll talk about it for three hours. But, it was yeah. interesting how the day one, how everyone that was doing well was basically doing the same thing, you know, in terms of dropping a Demiki right below yeah. him. Um, where on like the last day, like the end of day three to the last day, it seemed like everyone was throwing a Carolina rig that did well. Yeah. Like Tyler Rivette was sitting on his butt on the front deck, not doing anything, just holding his rod like a flag. Yeah. Just waiting for it. I thought that was really intriguing because I didn't see – I haven't talked to too many people and maybe you, you'll know, but like I looked at weather, I looked at pressure and stuff. I didn't see any like big change from there. No, maybe it was a pressure I think, thing. I think it just, they, they were very, very easy to catch if, if they hadn't been messed with a lot. And once they got some pressure, they got really hard to catch fast. And I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. that before, but I was, I was, I, I didn't think it would happen there that quick. Like, right. um, but I, I, I pretty much like, didn't really have I don't think many guys had places where they had them to themselves I mean these guys find everything and they're right. just it was hard to find like little sneaky spots there like all the fish seem to just be on the obvious like big pieces of, of structure hmm. and uh you know that that made it a little more challenging if we go back there I'd love to get get to go there and, and do a little scouting around first just to you know try to find a little bit of rock and and just try to figure out some different ways maybe to, to catch some fish. Yeah. So one of my questions getting back to, you know, the Demiki rig is when you're seeing fish uh, set up, obviously this, this bait is effective when they're feeding up, as you mentioned earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and there might be some techniques like rolling a, a single swimmer or something along those lines. So, I mean, for in non-tournament situations, you could throw an A rig where that might be effective. But when do you, when yeah. do you really know that this bait will be effective over anything else? Um, like for me, it's just a, it's like an automatic part of my arsenal everywhere now. So I, I just like, if, if I have any, and I, you know, I like to fish offshore. Like that's more, if I got a bank beat, I'm probably going to get my butt whipped a little more likely than <laughs> if I can go fish offshore. Um, usually I'll, you know, hang in there a little bit better, but, um, but yeah, for me, it's like a lot of places where people would throw a, a, a small swimmer, um, swim bait, I, I would throw the jerk shad. It's just a little bit different look. It's a little more subtle. And then, you know, like, yeah, having the forward sonar, I mean, they, they can see it just fine and um, a lot better than you than you think they can. Yeah, it's, it's intriguing. Uh, but I mean, when it's a confidence, I mean... How many times do these fish? I mean, especially you're saying down south, like Fork. I mean, I bet you they they probably see that and like, oh, crappie fishermen. But then they're like, they eat it. Oh, but but how many crappie fishermen catch the biggest bass yeah. in the lake and you don't right. even hear about it? It's very true. Yeah. <laughs> so and, like, Andrew, 
I promise you, dude, if you like rig one up and and swim it over some fish on Lake Erie, one hundred percent they will have they will like it'll you'll be surprised. You'd you'd be um I actually have one tied on with a baby Z two right now. Yeah, so I don't have any of the jerk heads, but I have one. Yeah. yeah, don't use the baby one. Okay. I gotta, I gotta get some bigger ones, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Mama didn't raise no bitch, put on a five. <laughs> yeah, all, all my bait fish right now are about this big. So when they're swimming around, that's why I was like, oh baby Z. Yeah, I just just I don't I, I don't even want to talk about I know? trust you. I trust you. All right, we won't go much yeah. further. Yeah. Now now here's a question I do have though, is like when you're you're idling and you're graphing, you're practicing in a tournament, and you're like, I want to throw this. There's got to be a certain way these fish set up on like when you're on your imaging for you to know that they're going to eat it, right? Like, correct? Am I correct um, in that statement? Or it's just if you find fish and bait fish around, you're like, yeah, like I, 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 I don't think about it that much. Like, I, I, okay, there's a there's a high spot on the on the point or this hump or whatever, or I see some fish that thing's going out and I'm going to just reel it over them like two or three, four feet above them. And if they don't shoot, I know they're going to see it. If they don't just shoot up and smoke it, then they don't like it. I just, I'll maybe then the next move is the drop shot or go get on top of them and try hanging it. That's kind of my, my, uh, but like, it's not very often any of the three species of bass, if they're kind of out deep and they're kind of like wanting to look up, they will react to that thing when you swim it over their head. Yeah. That's intriguing. So when you, when you're saying that, I think for a lot of folks that might start trying this for the first few times, there might be used to drop shotting where they're sitting there like this, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we get, can we talk about cadence for this? Like it, it's probably what it's, it's no action. Yeah, like whether you're swimming it or you're on top of the fish, like the hardest part for people when they get in the boat. Yeah. You're just like this. You're just literally like, you know, it's so it's against everything that every bait tells you to do. So yeah. That's what you're saying. <laughs> kind of like, you know, like with a drop shot, like you kind of want to be doing this all the time, but like the stiller you hold your rod, usually the more bites you get. Mm-hmm. That's when you're hanging it. Like that's where it's really important. I mean, anyone can go back and watch like, footage from that tennessee river event last year it's you know and and uh i sometimes like move pull move the bait up if one's like looking at it just play keep away a bit but like i don't i'm I'm not sitting there doing this at all Mm -hmm. it's just like hold the bait still and that's the that's the triggering um part of it yeah Hmm. it's funny with walleyes they don't they they sometimes like that like hanging stuff but like not as much like they'll come up to it and go down and chase it around and whatever. But like, if you let it to the bottom and start snap jigging it off the bottom, the walleyes will just destroy it. Like every walleye will hammer it. Um, <laughs> and the bass don't really love that. Like you get the odd one, but yeah, they don't really love that. It's just kind of weird. Yeah. Walleye like, are stupid. <laughs> just throw yeah. lead weights now, boys. That's all you need. <laughs> oh, we're going down this. No, Jesus. no. Oh, no. man. All right, that was my one comment. We're, and then oh. we can move on. <laughs> caught, caught yeah. Me too. So but, let's go ahead, Andy. I was just going to say one more thing on it. It's funny. My butt, One of my friends that 
on the Canadian side of the border over here. I ran into him on the lake, and that's the first first thing he brought up to me. He goes, you got some cheaters down in Cleveland. I go, yeah. He goes, you know it's bad when the Canadian news is picking it up. And I was just like, oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, we never cover anything fishery-related up here, and they're picking it up. It's a huge story. And I just well, it was it. funny because like I'm getting people that like, don't fish at all yes. yeah <laughs> they're like texting me like they're in on the secret and like like you know i don't know it's just kind of weird like i don't know if they're chirping me a bit or oh <laughs> like, well, yeah you know. so i i really I, I just wanted to just like make one funny comment but i don't want to go on this rabbit hole but i think this is an important thing to say about it because i got a lot of texts the same deal of like people from college and stuff that knew used to fish uh that like to just there were the people that would tease me, like when Luke Bryan came out with this stupid song of hunting, fishing, love every day crap. Yeah. It's probably your favorite song, right? The same kind of people that texted me that, like, oh, were you at this tournament? Something stupid. Just because yeah. you fish. Uh, and personally, I hate – I think this is good for the sport in terms of we're cracking down on the cheating. But I think that's, like, as us as an internal group of competitive anglers. But I think this is really bad. From a, for the sport in the sense of all these major outlets you're seeing it on TMZ and CNN and all these major news outlets, they never cover fishing, but when they do, it's negative, and I think that's really bad for the sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really sucks. Yeah. Um, so screw those dudes. But that, that's all I have to say on it. Yeah. Start talking about fishing again. I was saying the only thing too is we should be um, talking about the guys who actually won the tournament as opposed to giving all the limelight to the guys who cheated. So yeah. agreed. We should get those guys in the show, Andy. We should. We're not a walleye show, but we should get them on. Just talk. Uh, yeah, after, talk smallmouth fishing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't even want walleye, but talk smallmouth. If, if you watch that video, like, I don't know what better deterrent there is for people. If you ever think about doing that, uh, something like that, um, you're going to piss a lot of people off that, you know, you, that are probably your friends. And I mean, the fish, the tournament fishing community is pretty small. And I think, you know, for the most part, everyone is, we all have that in common that we love to do it. And I mean, you know, I think 99% of the competitors at, you know, across North America, um, you know, never consider cheating, but uh, it's just, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's uh that's the really crappy part about it is, uh, when I was on Ike Live this past weekend and we had the tournament director on, one of the things he said was he – it's not even that the fact that people are pissed that they cheated. It's more that he's pissed that this is taking away from all the anglers that are working hard and doing it the right way. And then there's there's your anglers that aren't even in the trail that look up to these anglers and are aspiring to be up there. And then like, oh, this is what happens? I don't want to do this. And now we're losing anglers and, and participation, yeah. which sucks in the long run but yeah yeah there's whole so many facets to the whole thing but we can we can end rant there and yeah because well, otherwise I'll, I'll keep going and news is news news will always tell you bad news so yeah, there's true. nothing really ever good that comes out of the news no, it's like, like two years ago yeah we don't <laughs> the, the news if the news channel comes on in our house then I'll be making my own dinner because yeah we ever, <laughs> it, yeah we don't Agreed. even watch yeah. it anymore and um it yeah so agreed i don't even have cable i just i buy the specific streaming service so i can watch football and hockey and that that's it yeah. that's all i that's all i do um i'll i will end this discussion with uh our good buddy mr alex rudd made a great video highlighting that only the anglers that won this thing 
uh, I'll put that link down below so that there's some good that can come out of this whole situation, but highly encourage you guys to go watch that. Um, so getting back to, to this conversation, one of the questions I'm, I'm really curious about. So you talk about, you know, bait color and different things, which is with water clarity. Um, how important is the color of your jig head? Um, so like you can see on the wall here, I got, I, I carry a bunch of Z-Man stuff. Uh, they, they, uh, the Z, the Z2 is actually Z-Man makes use them a little bit. Right. Um, but like, basically I, I'm going to like try to match the jig, match the, the bait up to the jig head. And, and like okay. often I'm using smelt or shiner, um, so like a white color, like a white powder coated head with like some eyeballs on it. Yeah. So usually it's going to be uh, sort of that. That's kind of that's the one that I used in Knoxville. Is that purple on top. Small Little bit of purple. Of purple. And, you know, um, there's some with like more of a gold, white yep. belly, but that goes nice with like the Arkansas shad kind of shiner z-man's shiner and then that's the northland mimic one and it's got a little bit Mm. of orange below the head just a little bit of color um does that play a factor at all like is that any um, modification you you know i don't i don't know i i'm not like that big of a color guy like generally if that's what they're wanting to eat um, I don't know that it matters that much, but it's just, it, it is something a little bit different. And I mean, there's times when, when that, that does matter and, you know, it's a big, big deal, but, um, for the most part, uh, I'll rig up two or three different colors and, you know, that's the smoky shad that I had rigged up. Um, that's the smelt one. So it's got a little more gray that goes nice with that purple head. Um, that's kind of a, blue pearl z2 so like some of the tannic darker water like like that's a really bright white one um this one's slam shady so it's like i love that name it's like a sexy shed almost kind of yeah it's got a little bit of silver flake in there but it's kind of a you know like a duller white z-man's killing the the names for colors yeah there's some chartreuse. Like I, I, I have caught fish. I've used those. I don't use them much. I mean, I stick to pretty much the natural colors, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just like the perfect profile though, to, for a lot of these bait fish and, um, you know, you're giving them, you're putting something pretty natural down there. Yeah. So like you mentioned too, playing uh cat and mouse with some of these fish where you might rise it up a little bit. Is that kind of similar to like when you're ice fishing and you're, you're slowly raising as the market yeah. comes up? Same thing. Okay. And I think, like, I just have hours and days and days of, of ice fishing, staring at a flasher. Um, and it, a lot of that is just like, you know, come on, come on, tricking them to right. bite and, you know, doing whatever move you got to do to make them bite. But same deal. Um, yeah. And that's just, you know, electronics are your friend for this, obviously. Um, or, you know, if you're in a team tournament, uh, if you if you have the patience to stand on the back of the de- back of the boat and just hang one of these baits off the back. I mean, it'll, it'll surprise you how many fish you'll catch all over the place. Really well. Is there any instance where you're, you're trying to drop this bait below the fish to make him chase it down or anything? You're just always keeping them up. Really? Um, 
like a lot of times I find with smallmouths, if you drop that bait to the bottom and then set it where you want it, they see that thing go to the bottom. They like know something's up. Like I'm eight, that's like one of my superstitions kind of like, I never want to let my bait touch the bottom. Oh, I always try okay. to keep it above the fish. So, like even if I let it down, like if I fire it out there and I lose sight of it on my screen, I'll, uh, I'll get like, when I'm doing it a lot, I kind of know you get a feel for where it is in the water column, but like I'll stop it to make sure it's better if it's high than down. Yeah, Cause you can let more line out to slowly get it down to the yeah. fish. And, and the I'm other sure- thing is like, you, you know, I, I see people that want to like let the bait go right to the fish. Like just like, okay, the fish is here and their bait they're, They want to put the bait like right next to it. But keep that bait up above them. Make them work Cause, for it cause a Because they're bit. looking that up a lot of the time too, right? Bites a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. That's so – it's making sense. Because so, I, like, dead summer, August, like, these fish were being pretty tough. Uh, they weren't chewing up shallow. And I was like, I'm going to go just go try something different because it was a fun fishing day. So I, I put on the Dominique rig. And I noticed that when I'd go to the bottom – and then I'd raise it up to where I wanted it. I wouldn't get bit. But if I dropped it straight down and I controlled where it went as it went down, that's when I would get bit. And yeah. I thought that, that's super intriguing. But then spotted bass, like, they love stuff to go fall and pass them. And if they fall to the bottom, it's a dead bass usually. Um, mm. So you, you, you kind of got to let them, you know, let the fish tell you. But with smallmouths, generally, I always want the bait above the fish. Like, number one rule. And you got anything left for Jeff and Demiki Reagan? No, I'm uh I want to go tie one on and well tie another one on and try to catch one on it tomorrow in my practice. Yeah, put a five inch bait on, <laughs> like you should find the giants. I, 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 I think I only have like five inch flukes in my boat at the moment. That's fine. So. I mean any if they're on it, I mean, but the, the, the jerk shads are hard to beat. Um the only other thing, I mean, line just Pretty standard spinning gear, you know, braid, floral leader, um, and uh, that's that's it. I'm, I'm just standard Power Pro is my favorite, regular old school Power Pro, Seagar um, Tatsu leader, and yeah, ten pound generally. Um, but if I can get away with twelve, then then I will. Was that like 10, 15 pound braid? Yeah, ten pound, ten pound oh, braid. Ten pound braid, cool. Yeah, love it. Did you uh, you pretty excited for the classic? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I I'm sure uh, my little honey hole got oh, blasted. It's gone. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, at least you kind of know it exists there, and uh, the fish like the bait. And uh, you know, I'm gonna I get to go there and not have to mess around with bank beat, and I'm gonna try and figure out where these smallmouths are gone have gone and. Um, it's a month later than like when we were there, we, it was at the end of February. So it's, it's three or four weeks later than when we were yeah, there. True. Uh, so it's, you know, it's a little bit later. Uh, the fish will be starting to sort of bust the move. I don't think they will be, we're going to be like fishing for spawners yet or anything, but it'll be, it'll be getting closer to that. Um, but I mean, obviously like um, I've been lucky. I've made the classic all four years I've been fishing, but like, I know how hard it is to make it and like how special it is. So it's, 
you, you, you know, I, I really enjoy the week. I take part in all the ac- activities and I mean, I, you know, I see you all over the place, Bailey. And, uh, it's, it's just, a, it's amazing to be part of it. So I just, yeah. as long as I get to go, I'm going to, you just try to enjoy every minute of, of the week and, um, and, and trying to, and, and like, I'm, when I'm, when I get to go fishing, like that's, that's the, that's fun. Um, it's, that's, awesome to get away from everything and like actually get out on the water and be by yourself in, in that but uh so yeah when i'm out on the water i'll have the i'll be have the killer on and uh try to you know figure out how to how to win that thing I, my, I think... my forestwood cup and classic appearances have not i have not had a good one yet so uh fingers yeah. crossed yeah it's gonna happen one of these times so it would be a great place to do it heck yeah dude i'm looking forward to this one because Everyone says how wild Knoxville classics are, and I've only seen them on TV, so I'm pretty pumped to uh, be around that atmosphere. Yeah, it was fun, and I, I was there in 2019, kind of as a spectator, uh, and it was it was it was super fun. Um, very well, you know, big crowds, and uh, Knoxville's a fun city. Um, not, lots of cool restaurants and just stuff to do downtown, and it'll be nice for fishing, like. The last few few times we've had like an hour and a half drive to the lake from the you know wherever we're from the city and uh, yeah. it's going to be nice this time like literally like the way in the launch everything's just like right there so um, it'll make it a little less like taxing on on yeah. everybody for sure. yeah the fish yeah it'll make it yeah. better for everybody heck yeah dude I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing you there um, one last question for you, just because I'm just curious. Uh, cause I see, you see boats change and everything like that. Uh, are you going to be running X2 lithiums next year or are Absolutely. you going to be? I, cool. I got mine in, uh, June and first time with lithium batteries and, uh, yeah. Awesome. Um, uh, you know, you got an interesting me, layout on your boat though, too, right? Like you kind yeah, of, like for me, boat. it actually was very, very helpful and beneficial because the layout in this boat that I have, this, it's a Lund 2075 Pro V Bass. Um, yeah. The batteries see, are up front, aren't they? The batteries like in a under the rod locker in the middle up front. So oh. it's nice that they're out of the way. Um, but it's, it, you know, when I had the big dogs in there, it's a lot of weight up there. So you could feel it when you're driving. Um, and then, you know, once I put those in, like the boat just runs a little better, a little bit faster, um, and just drier, just, you know, it gets up and sits up a lot better. So I was happy in that regard. And then, you know, I never, I haven't had an issue killing them. They're charged in three, four or five hours every night. And, uh, I mean, when I go most of the time, when I go, it's 12 plus hour days, like now we're, we don't even have 12 hours of light anymore (laughs) way up North here. It's sad, but, uh. But yeah, I, I've been a couple years of using the X2 stuff and I've been like super happy, feel lucky to be, you know, using them. Um, yeah. And it's been pretty impressive, like uh, how like they're getting around and, and how many people have them and are using them. Yeah. And, um, I, it's a super if, fun team. If like, it's funny because like if you, if you like, like say, you, you know, you promote something on social media or talk about something and obviously like, ever anyone that has sponsors you 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 try to throw some strokes out wherever however you can right right um and for me like um i just i don't if i if i don't put anything on there that like is shoddy because people just blast you it's not worth it yeah stuff sucks so um 
I like ten years ago. I I like got this. It was an expensive rain suit and not a Sims one. An expensive rain suit. I got you know these guys are kind of helping me out and uh, I start you know blah 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 this rain suit. Well, it wasn't very good and I got like like dozens of nasty messages from people like I bought this rain suit and the first day I wore it it rained and I got soaked and it sucks and oh, so like dude. you can't you can't uh yeah stuff's not good you can't you know and I'm I'm like a regular guy so I know <laughs> like how much everything costs and uh you know it's it's uh and and how precious our time is when you get to go fishing and you want to, you know, you certainly don't want to be like fighting with gear or equipment. So, right. um, but the, the batteries have been really good. I've been happy with them and, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, uh, they keep cranking them out. Yeah. yeah. I've always been intrigued about like the layout and everything of boats. I was talking with Carl last year and one thing I was, I was super intrigued by was he said that, he switched from a, a different brand lithium when he signed with X2 and went all AGM. His boat got faster. And I was like, huh? And he's like, yeah, it's just, it's layout. Like where you w- uh, distribute your weight, where so many people think you just switch to lithium and automatically you get faster. Yeah. They're lighter. So in certain cases, if you put your distribute your weight, right, you will. It was just super cool. I mean, I know he switched into lithium this year. Uh, it, but it's like that conversation of it has since intrigued the hell out of me of. Well, a lot of, a lot of boats and mine included, um the more the weight in the back is good it just helps the bow get up and um it's a you know mis misconception a lot of people have that you got to get as much weight as possible out of the boat and i mean some boats for sure that's you do but generally like these these tournament boats aren't necessarily made for like just going fast so you you uh yeah some weight in the back is usually good i know when my live wells are full in the back i go like a mile an hour faster than if i if not i think it just just kind of helps the boat like get up a little bit right andy you got anything left for gusty before we let him go no i'm uh super intrigued to finally catch a fish on the the Mickey rig so i'm gonna try it i'm gonna try it again <laughs> hey, well, i'll be watching your uh your instagram this weekend and i better see a nice picture with a five pounder and a jerk shot (laughs) (laughs) pressure's on i I gotta see if my local cabela's has some so i don't know if they do all right well there you go i got some i I got some you can have some you can take a couple next month i'll stop over tomorrow yeah so all right (laughs) i got one question for you all right this is kind of spur the moment before before we let you go Chuckle, give me another chance to rip chuckle Oh, you before it's yours, you want to do that. Before it's yours. I don't have to ask any question, just let her rip. Uh, <laughs> but I'll, so I was going to ask you this because you're going to Australia uh, yeah. with Carl here. Uh, and so here, here's the question If you had to choose somebody to go to, say, Australia and you know, live off the land, survive, you don't yeah. have to pick Carl or anybody, so there's no pressure there. But what's uh, what person are you going to bring if you want to survive at in Australia, like in the wild? Uh, probably Seth. Just Seth? like we get along really good. Like we fish some tournaments together, and we get along. Like we just get along good. He can he could shoot every duck that he sees, and I could <laughs> f- catch some fish, and we'd be f- probably make out okay. He's got some spiders crawling in the stash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, yeah, it's just he's very easy to hang out with and be around. He doesn't, you know, there's just no complaining and just go with the flow we'd we'd be we'd probably do fine um 
And if, you know, if I was picking someone to fish a tournament with, uh, he'd be right at the top of the list. Too. I'd say that's a wise choice. <laughs> Carl, Carl too. Like Carl's a super good fisherman for, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize for him, uh, he didn't grow up like bass fishing his whole right. life like all of us. I mean, he just came over here and like, okay, this is what we Yeah, that's right. So, he's it. had to learn a lot of things the hard way that you might have learned, you know, like as a teenager, you know, just fishing growing up. So, yeah. uh, but he, I mean, I've learned so much from that guy, like just n- cool knots and, um, it, you know, like tackle stuff. And uh, he's 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 a super good fisherman. And um, you know, I'm more I'm excited that he made the classic uh, for yeah. sure this time too. It's, he's gonna he's yeah, gonna first one. Get on a show there. Heck yeah, that's gonna be sick. Well, dude, we appreciate you uh, taking time out here to uh, to school us all on the Demiki rig. Something that uh, probably the best in North America on, if I had to say so. I'm sure you'll say this. Yeah, I mean, I- your Canadian buddies who. But yeah, I mean, uh, there, there's lots of. I mean, it, you're you're gonna see on like the pro stuff, uh, more more anglers like utilizing that that technique in the next few years. Uh, uh, like places that are surprising. Well, Christie basically won Hartwell on it. Yeah, like, I mean, in a way, yeah, he's caught a lot of his big ones flipping a jig around the docks, but that's how he. The first day, you know, when there wasn't as much camera action on him, I, I know. Uh, but, yeah, he was – and he's, like – he's super good on his electronics and the forward sonar, too. Like, way, way – you know, everyone – the perception of him is that he's just, like, the shallow water. And he's an incredible caster. He's just yeah. – he's very good at everything. But he, he can fish out deep just fine, too. The thing that has made yeah. me happy the most out of 2022 is Jason Christie making a YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah. Cause it's actually some damn good stuff. Like he, cause you're getting inside his brain. Cause it looks like what it is. Basically he hires somebody to get a camera, shut up, sit in the back and let him just talk his mind. And I've loved every second of it. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, we actually, um, so my wife Shelby and his fiance, Shanna, um, met last year hit it off and we actually stayed with them for most of the tournaments this year so uh, i didn't i didn't know him really at all before this year other than you know talking to him at the ramp or in the bag line a few times but uh but yeah sharp guy very you know learned quite a bit quite a bit from him just from being around him and um good good dude too heck yeah well dude we appreciate you taking time out uh always a pleasure Looking yep. forward to seeing you here probably, you know, whenever the ice – well, actually, you'll be headed south before, while there still is ice up by yeah, where you're at. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll look forward to seeing you in a few months. But, uh, yeah. again, always a pleasure, dude. Thank you for uh, for joining us tonight. Yeah. Okay, boys, keep cracking out the good uh, good stuff. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to – I'll be in I'll be in touch with you guys. And, uh, yeah, keep, keep doing your thing. All right, boss. Amen. We'll be talking yeah. to you. Take Have care, boys. Hey, you too. So, Andy, you going to go throw a Demiki rig first thing tomorrow? Yeah, you want to bring me some scented jerk sheds? No, you can bring your butt <laughs> over here and grab them. <laughs> Why is it always me coming to you? That's oh, get question. out of here. I come over there, too. Get out of here. Our... Three times. <laughs> what are you, tallying on the wall? No, no, no. Come no. To your house? Bailey's come three times. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just throwing a number out there, but it's probably three to be honest, but I'm good at remembering these things. You petty little sucker. <laughs> <laughs> All 
And for folks listening, this is inside the head of me and Andy and how we communicate. Yeah, pretty much. Um, we bicker all the time. <laughs> but it it's it's all in good faith. Like it's yeah. all it's all good. You should hear some water. You should hear some in the water. Oh god, you don't want to hear me on the water. Like my head goes ninety different places in thirty seconds. Yeah, like well, Andy will catch like a five pounder. I'll catch like a four. And so they goes, I think we should move. I'm like, dude, we literally just caught two good ones. We're staying here. <laughs> or or like we'll crack two giants and I'll just pick up something completely different. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> yeah, you'll do that. And then you won't catch anything. And he goes, Fine, I'll pick that back up. Picks it back up. Catch another big one. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have put that down. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> you just never know. <laughs> but then there are times where I've set the bait down and then started catching them because I'm like, no, this ain't the deal. Like after oh, two sure. casts. So. Yeah, I can. That happens all the time. It's funny. Yeah. Yes, that's why we work well, my friend. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. No, but, I'll uh, probably swing by tomorrow if you're free. So at some got point. got nothing to do. Got yeah. nothing to do. I'll be working and editing all day, trying to get more videos out on the Be The Fish YouTube channel. Finally got day two of state championships up, which was uh, things got a little spicy in that one. So if you guys want to check that out, link mm-hmm. in the description. Um, are you going to be filming your tournament? Um, I filmed my first practice day so far. Um, I haven't decided if I'm going to film tomorrow or not, but I do plan on filming Saturday. Heck yeah. So well, if you guys um, have not already subscribed to the full of fishing YouTube channel, it's also down in the description. It's Andy's YouTube channel. Uh, go support him. But uh, if you, again, if you've not already check out the new lure lab podcast on the serious angle podcast network, that thing is freaking sweet. That's going to be our episode for Saturday. Saturday morning, 6 a.m., a topwater episode. It's going to be 15, 20 minutes on straight topwater walking baits. That's going to be pretty dang cool. Follow uh, Lure Lab on Instagram. Everything Lure Lab-wise is, again, as we've said earlier in the past, three different selfless plugs here. The link is down below in the description. And uh, thank you, Andy. Beyond that, I am looking forward to going fishing Saturday with Mr. Greg Blanchard. That's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully, we crack them. I think with temps falling, we're probably going to crack them. <laughs> you can yeah. see literally we got a little subtle yep. cold front come through. Tomor- subtle. Today was 70. Tomorrow's going to be 46. Yeah. 46. It's going to be awesome. Subtle They're going to chew. They're going to oh. chew. <laughs> They're going to chew tomorrow. Saturday and Sunday might get a little funky because it warms back up. Mm-hmm. But tomorrow, I- I'm actually worried, like, thinking of my practice strategy, I'm like, Tomorrow, we are going to crack them, not trying to crack them. And then Sunday, because the weather's going to change just slightly, it could make it a little funky. Just catch one. That's all you need to do. Catch one. Oh, take the- no, that's what I mean. Like, we're going to pull into an area, make a cast, catch a four and a half, and be like, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, no, I mean, dude, 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 there's so many fish. Oh, I know. One of them is not going to hurt anything. Oh, I'm I'm not that worried about that. I'm just worried about getting like sucked into a specific like structure pattern on the river because no, you know you know how to fish the... free. Yeah, I know. It's just oh. don't you you you're overthinking. You're overthinking everything. Yeah, you're you're one of the best, if not the best out there. You, you're on it every single Thanks. day. You know how you have the time to run the stuff you want to run. Go run it. See what they're looking like. Look at the conditions. Look what's going to happen on Saturday. You'll be fine. If you run to one or two areas that aren't providing, you know how to adjust. Yeah. You'll be fine, dude. Just 
Don't think. That's the thing for you. You, when you think, you suck. So stop. stop <laughs> I just need to react. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, let the fish tell you. Just talk to the fish, my friend. You do good when you. Okay, I don't know if you ever noticed this. When you start talking to the fish, you you mumble, and that's when you start catching them. I've noticed this about you. Yeah, I'm always talking to the fish. Yeah, that's for, a good thing. You son of a bitch! Just yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not that, but <laughs> just eat it. You'll be fine. I got I got faith. I think you guys will do pretty well. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm very excited about it, and like. Some of the names fishing this tournament, which is really cool, is like Bob Izumi, Paul Castellano, um, Gaspar. I can't remember his last name. Like, there are some absolute Canadian. Oh, Simon Frost. I can't forget Simon Frost's name. Um, you probably know them from like Dave Mercer's Facts of Fishing. Like, these are the type of anglers we're fishing against. The best of the best in this region of Ontario usually come down and fish this. So it's um it's gonna be fun. There's only five American teams and 95 Canadian. So yeah, yeah, uh, it, it's really hard. There's like a three year wait list to get in, and somehow we got in like five years ago. So it's pretty sweet. Heck yeah, that'll be yeah. pretty sweet, man. I'm looking forward to seeing how you guys do. Yeah, fingers crossed. We come out with a top ten and a paycheck. So that's what we're hoping for. That'll be good. Yes. Well, folks. We appreciate you all. Uh, if you're listening, please give us a rating review on whatever application you are listening from. If you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Appreciate you all. Uh, Andy, we'll see you on Tuesday. I will not see you. I'll be out. But Andy, okay. we'll see you all on Tuesday. <laughs>